My name is Ryan. Welcome to United. We are in week four of, um, of The Greatest Showman, and, uh, and we are calling tonight This Is Me. When I was in middle school, I, uh, I got transferred, or I transferred um, to a, a new school halfway through sixth grade year, and so everybody knows, like, sixth grade year, it's not, not the most fun thing in the world. And so um, I went to this school downtown, and it sucked, and my parents didn't want me to go there. And so uh, they sent me to, for the first time in my life, a private school. Never been in a private school in my life. And, uh, and for any of you who, who, who go to a private school, especially like a Christian private school that's like K through 12 or pre-K through 12, um, you guys know like a lot of the kids that go there, they started there when they were like four years old, right? And they, they like all know each other, and it's like this small, like at a public school there might be, 1,500, 2,000 kids, and at this, at this uh, middle school, there might be like 50 or 60 kids in a class, and so, um, so, or in like the entire grade, and so it was like, it was super intimate and super like everybody knew each other, and everybody was family, and so I come into this school, I've never been to the school before, it's halfway through the year, sixth grade, again, is not the best play time to, to go try out something new, um, and so I, I show up at this school halfway through the year, and, and it, was, it was very difficult because, um, as you can imagine, I didn't know anybody, and it was difficult to get to know people, and so for those two and a half years that I went to middle school there, um, I like... I just like, it was just, it was tough for me. And, and I had like a few friends and I had one friend that was like, I was super close to that I'm still close to today. And we were in each other's weddings and all that kind of stuff. But like, um, but I was, I just got super like insecure with myself. Cause like at my, at my public school, like I knew everybody, I was friends with people and, uh, and I just kind of felt comfortable in my own skin. But then I go to this new school and it's like, ah, well, who am I? And, um, and so, uh, so I remember um, kind of going through that and just always being like, I, I just got to the point where I was so like self-conscious and like I was worried about um, the way I looked and I was worried about um, kind of who my friends were and, and, and being with people or not being with people and being alone and that kind of thing. And, uh, and I felt like I kind of w- got picked on and just didn't really feel comfortable being myself because I just, I just kind of went into this shell while I was there. And uh, I think in eighth grade, maybe seventh grade, um, uh, one of my friends, my best friend, the one that I just referred to, he was having a, a party, a birthday party. And uh, he lived on a lake, and he had, like, the dock and the boats and had a basketball hoop in the water and everything, and it was, it was an awesome, awesome house. And, uh, and so uh, when, you have a, when you have a lake, when you have birthday parties, you just have a lake party. And so um, he had a birthday party, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. And, uh, but then he told me, like, oh, I'm inviting, like, the whole grade. And I was like, crap, it's like another day at school. Like, I already hate my life Monday through Friday, and I got to hate my life on Saturday. And so I, 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 I'm thinking about going to this, this party, and I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm going to see everybody. I start getting nervous, and I start getting just, like, self-conscious. And, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to take off my shirt in front of girls. I was in seventh grade, and I was like, ah. And, um, and, and then I realized something uh, that I had never really thought about. But at the time, um, and... It, you know how like now like we either have no show socks or we have like crew socks that kind of go up to like your calves, like stance socks, that kind of thing. Um, at the time, it was really, really, really cool to have like these ankle socks, and they went like two feet or two inches up out of your out of your shoes, and so uh, and so that was what was cool to have a little Nike check on it and. Um, and nobody wore flip-flops. This was Tampa. This was the 90s, especially guys. Like maybe girls wore flip-flops, but like guys, that wasn't a thing back then. And so, uh, <clears throat> so all I wore was shoes and socks all the time. And I realized, and this is going to sound so stupid, unless you're in middle school. Um, I realized about Monday or Tuesday of the week that the party was, I looked at myself when I took my shoes off and I was like, I have the worst sock tan 
in the world. It was like all white and then tan. And I was like, I look so ridiculous. I, and so I start worrying about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't go to the party. I, I, I can't show up because I'm going to take my shoes off. Everybody's going to be like, ah, like he's got like ghost feet or something. And I'm like, I'm going to be so nervous and, uh, and so self-conscious. And so I did um, what I guess any self-conscious uh, 13-year-old or 12-year-old boy would do. Maybe not boy, I don't know. Uh, I, I, I thought I have to come up with a solution. And so my solution was um, I was gonna do my homework and read books while I tried to get my feet tan. So I sat in my, I sat like in the garage, like, cause it was hot, it was Tampa. Um, I sat in the garage, but then I would just stick my feet out just so that they would be in the sun and the rest of my body would be in the shade. So I'm just sitting out there for hours trying to get my feet tan for like three days straight. I'm like, oh, like I didn't really know how tans work back then. They're like, they kind of take a while. And I'm like, oh, like, is it gonna just like, I'd look down every few seconds and be like, the shade change. And, um, and, and then I remember the day of the party, I'm like, I'm going to it and I'm just like staring at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I can't do it. They're all gonna make fun of me. And, and like, and it was so ridiculous at the time, or it was so ridiculous now, but at the time I was just like so worried about my image. And, and I remember even on the way, my, my mom and my dad were taking me and I remember on the way to the party, sticking my feet up in the dashboard, hoping that the sun would hit them through the front windshield so that I could just maybe make that line on my ankle just a little bit less obvious. And of course I got to the party and I just went out there and we played and nobody cared and I didn't care. But, but the whole time leading up to it, I was so nervous about it. I was so uncomfortable because I just wasn't comfortable with who I was. I wasn't comfortable with uh, the way I looked and, and the way I acted and with the people that I was going to hang out with. And, and it's easy to look at this movie. And it's about a circus and, and we see this video and we see a bearded woman and we see a guy that's like eight feet tall and we see a guy that's like two feet tall and we see a guy covered in uh, tattoos, which at the time was was not like it is now, um, and, and it was just, and we look at it, and we're like, well, of course those people don't feel comfortable with themselves, because they're freaks, they're outcasts, everybody knows it, people were throwing stuff at them and saying, y'all are freaks, like, we don't, we don't want y'all, and so, um, and, and they were becoming like this kind of like comedy show, and, and so they, they have this scene where they're like stepping out, and they're like, we are who we are, but it's easy to look at, look at that movie, and just think, yeah, of course they dealt with that, because that's just who they are, but they're not normal people. And, and the truth is, the truth that we need to realize is that, you know, this is something that we all struggle with in some way, shape, or form, especially when you're young. When you're between the ages of 12 and 18, like, it's like the worst time possible um, for your self-esteem, for your image, for, for who you are and all that kind of stuff. Because, because here's the thing, like, when you're a little kid, you're just like a little kid. And then you start to become aware of things and you're starting to become independent and then hair starts growing out of random places and you start smelling and, and body parts start growing and you're like, ah, like this is weird. And, and, you, and, you, and, and your voice, is, if you're a guy, you're like, oh, and like your voice is cracking. So you're like, I'm just never gonna talk. And, and like, you're just, you're just, there's so many things happening at once and they're happening to everybody. And so what we do is we just make fun of each other, which makes it even worse. And it's like, it's like mixing up a soup that, that will be perfect for making us hate ourselves. It's like all the perfect ingredients for us just being like, ah, like I don't know what I am doing. And so many young people, teenagers, but, but all people, but so many young people are struggling with who they are, self-esteem issues, with where they belong or who they belong to. Um, and they're afraid maybe to be themselves and to open up and, and be themselves. And, and here is kind of the truth that we wanna start with today is that we all struggle with our identity and our value. We all struggle with, 
with our identity and our value. Here's what identity is. It's you asking the question, who am I? Who am I? That's what your identity is. Who am I? Like, like, like what makes me me? Where do I belong? What, what am I a part of? And all people struggle at some time with their identity, but especially when you're a young person, when you're a teenager. The other part, value, causes you to ask the question, what am I worth? What am I worth? Where does my worth come from? What makes me valuable or am I valuable at all? And when we're unsure of our identity or our value or both, it will cause us to do things we never thought we would have done. It'll cause us to put things in our body we would have never thought we'd put in our body. It'll cause us to be intimate or have sex with people that we never thought we would have, would have uh, been intimate with or that we never thought we would have been in that situation. It'll cause us to do things because we want to be liked. It'll cause us to post things on the internet because we want to be liked. It'll cause us to send message because we want to be liked. It'll cause us to, to say things about people because we want to be liked, because we want to feel valuable, because we want to be a part of a group. And the reason why we do all these things is because we think they will make us feel better. They'll make us feel better about ourselves. I mean, it causes us, this is why we bully people. This is why we pick on people. This is why we make fun of people. Because we're trying to make ourselves feel better. Because we're unsure of our identity and our value. And this, this really just kind of slices across all people. It doesn't matter if you're popular or you're lonely. It doesn't matter if you, you are young or old or a teenager. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl. It doesn't matter if you middle school or high school. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, Asian, Spanish. It doesn't matter who you are and what you are about. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter how, how good you are at certain things. It doesn't matter how smart you are. We all get to the point in our life at some point where we struggle with this idea of who am I or what am I worth with our identity and with our value. And guys, guys, look at me. If you're a guy in here, look at me, look at me. We like to act like this is only a girl thing. We like to act like only girls have self-esteem issues, which is a lie. The whole reason why statistics are skewed towards girls is because guys just lie. Because it would make us feel even worse about ourselves if we were to say, I don't really like my body. I'm not really confident in who I am. So what do we do? We put on this like, this brave face, like, man, I'm good. I'm cool, man. We try to make our, especially when you're in middle school, you're like, ah, I'm good, man. And you're like trying to make your voice low, even though you can't. And you're like, ah, how do I do this? I'm a soprano in the choir. And, uh, and you're like trying to just like get your voice lower and try to act hard and all that kind of, man, man I'm just going to get girls. Yeah, man, I'm just going to go listen to Drake. Yeah, I'm cool, man. And like we, we try to act like we are set, like we're cool, like nothing can be wrong with us. And it's a lie. Because guys, guys, we feel we feel unattractive too sometimes, right? We feel like, where do I belong? We feel like, where does my identity come from? We feel like, where does my value come from? And although we don't wanna say it because that would make us feel even worse and that would make people make fun of us, it's true. It's all of us. And we've gotta, we've gotta get out of this gender stereotype where we're like, oh, like this, this is me. This is like a value identity thing. Man, that's for girls. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of check out and look at fantasy football. No, it's for us too. And so instead of hitting y'all with facts and all that kind of stuff and statistics, y'all don't really care about that. We're just going to look at statistics in here. And so I just want you to be honest. And, and, and here's what I want you to do. As we're doing this, uh, I'm going to ask you four questions. And I'm just going to ask you, if this is you, raise your hand. And I don't want you to worry about who's raising their hand, but I do want you to look around and see how many hands are raised. Okay. 
And we're all gonna do this because I'm gonna raise my hand on the ones that apply to me too. If these are true for you, if they've ever been true for you, I just want you to raise your hand. And, and I want you to notice how many people raise their hands. How many of you have ever felt like you didn't fit in? Look around. Okay. All right, put your hands up. How many of you have ever felt like you couldn't be yourself around a certain group of people? Okay, look around. All right, next one. How many of you have ever felt like you, for any reason, like you weren't good enough? All right, last one. How many of you have ever felt bad about the way you look? All right, there's our stats. Like, we don't, we don't need numbers. You can see each other. Guys, girls, middle schoolers, high schoolers, adults, popular, not popular, it doesn't matter. Almost everybody raised their hand for something. <clears throat> and, and I could get up here, and I could get up here, and I could be like, listen, guys, like, you're created in God's image, which you are. God created us in his image. I could get up here and say, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, which you are. It is a miracle how you were created. I could say, God knitted you together in your mother's womb, which he did. I could say that. I could say, God knows every hair on your head and the number of the hairs on your head, and he knows your worth, and he, he says that you're more valuable than the animals and, and then the, the planets and the stars and all that kind of stuff. You are the master creation. I, I could say that. I could show you scripture, and, and that would be true too. I could say he knows all the days of your life. Before your parents were even born, he knew all the days of your life, and that would be true too. But, but I think, maybe if you're like me, um, if we hear that enough, we start to think it's kind of like a Hallmark card. It's like, oh, that's cute, but like, uh, I mean, it's just like something your parents tell you just to make you feel better. And it can feel a little bit wishful. It can feel a little bit corny. It doesn't mean it's not true, but sometimes it can be a little bit distant from us. We can hear those things and we're like, yeah, but what's that got to do with second period when this girl looks at me like I'm an idiot or when my friends make fun of me because I said something or my voice cracked because I'm wearing something that isn't cool? Like, how does that affect me then? Well, I want to talk about something a little bit maybe closer um, closer to home, maybe something that might give you a little bit more, uh, less of a, of a mushy, like kind of corny hallmarker, hallmark kind of feeling, and that might be a little bit realer, that might just kind of cut a little bit deeper. And I want to look at really just two scriptures. The first one is this, it's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. And here's what it says, you are not your own, you were bought at a price. You are not your own, you were bought at a price. Everybody say, I was bought at a price. Don't sound like you're um, about to die and you're so sad. How about you be a little bit excited? I was bought at a price. All right, now say it with a little bit of attitude. Like, I mean, I was bought at a price. Okay, all right, good, good, good. All right, so that's 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. But what is that price? What, what, is, what were we bought with? I want to turn over to 1 Peter. And this is the only other scripture we're really going to look at tonight. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. Peter, remember, best friend of Jesus, saw the whole thing, saw him live, got called by him. We talked about that last week. He saw him, go to the, he saw him get arrested. He saw him go to trial. He saw him go to the cross, all that kind of stuff. He watched him die, and then he saw him resurrected again. He saw him float up into heaven at the end. Like He, he saw it all. He writes this. <clears throat> Four. You know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, with, which, is, which is money. It wasn't with money and stuff that you were redeemed. Now, that word redeemed is important. 
That word redeemed, uh, a better word for it is ransomed. And we all, maybe, maybe you don't know, but we, we, most of us know what ransomed is. When, when a, a criminal or a kidnapper steals someone's kid, they send a ransom note and they might say, you won't see your kid again unless you pay me a million dollars. And then like the people have to come up with the, with the money and that kind of stuff. Like they're like important people, like rich and famous people and, and diplomats and stuff that have um, ransom insurance on their lives. Like that, that an insurance company will pay their ransom if they get, uh, if they get arrested or I'm sorry, if they get, if they get kidnapped. So um, it, it, the word is really ransomed. When someone would say, a parent would say, I love my child so much. I, have, I will do whatever it takes to get them back. I'll pay the million dollars. I'll collect the money. I'll do a GoFundMe. Like I will get it done because I've got to see my child alive again. That's the word here. So we're gonna start over. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were ransomed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors or by the world or by, by, by the way of life that, that we kind of came into. But it wasn't with money, but it was with the precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish or defect. It was with the precious blood of Christ. So here's what Peter's saying. He's saying when God had to ransom us, when God had to buy us back, he didn't use money, although he could have. He didn't use planets and give solar systems, although he could have. He didn't just use force and power, although he could have. He didn't use um, um, all his angel armies and that kind of stuff, although he could have. Here's what he did. He gave that which was most precious to him, the blood of Christ, the son of God. God became like a man and lived a life and gave his life for us. Here's the point. Jesus showed us our value and gave us our identity when he died on the cross for us. Jesus showed us our value and gave us our identity when he died on the cross for us. I'm about to get real for a second, all right? Listen, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. When Jesus went from being God and being worshiped by the angels, all right, he's sitting in heaven on the throne, being surrounded for all of eternity. He came to this earth and not air-conditioned earth. He came to Middle East in the first century, no plumbing, to a poor family with two young parents who had nothing going for them. And he was born as a peasant. Why? Because we were bought at a price. Then he lived a life that really wasn't that good, guys. He was poor. He was unknown. He was made fun of. I mean, listen, he was perfect. So his siblings didn't like him. His friends didn't like him. How much do y'all like the, like the goody two-shoes in your class? You're like, man, you're such a suck-up. Like, imagine Jesus. It's like, you're perfect. Like, this is annoying me. So like, like everybody didn't like him. People didn't understand him. The Bible actually says he wasn't very good looking. Nobody like really looked at him and thought, oh, wow, he's great. Like people just made fun of him because he was different. And he lived a anonymous life for 30 years. You were bought at a price. This is God we're talking about. Anonymous life. You were bought at a price. And then he becomes, uh, uh, becomes a, a rabbi and he, he, he goes out and he starts preaching and people made fun of him. People tried to hurt him. People tried to kill him. People said no to him. People rejected him. His own family said, man, you're crazy. What, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? God, please, please. Why? Because you were bought at a price. He's sitting at a meal with his best friends and one of his best friends gets up and leaves. 
And he knows why he left. Judas was going to sell off Jesus' life for a little bit of change. Why? Because you were bought at a price. You were bought at a price. Then they go out and pray. And these these guys, these thugs and these soldiers come with like torches and, and swords and clubs. And they come to arrest Jesus. And everybody runs. All his best friends run. And Jesus stays and allows himself to be arrested. Why? Because you were bought at a price. They take him to an illegal court hearing that they lie about him. Witness after witness comes out and just says, yeah, yeah, I saw him do this. I heard that he did this. And they just make up stuff about him and he doesn't say a word because you were bought at a price. They say he's worthy worthy of death. Then they spit in his face. They struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and they said, prophesy to us, Messiah. Who hit you? You were bought at a price. Peter, the same Peter that wrote that scripture, he, he knows the price that was paid because he denied his best friend three straight times to a bunch of strangers and teenagers and people sitting around a fire. You were bought at a price. The people were so blood hungry that they allowed a murderer to go free so that they could put Jesus to death. And Pilate, the Roman governor, is like, guys, why are y'all doing this? He didn't do anything wrong. And they're like, we want to kill him. And he's like, whatever, I'm done with this. And he washes his hand. He says, I, I, you do what you guys want to do. The blood's on your hands. You were bought at a price. Pilate released Barabbas to them. But he had Jesus flogged, which we just read one word and we're just like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. He just got beat up. No, 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 no. They had a whip with nine strands on it full of bone, glass, and rock. And every time it would hit his back and they would pull it out, it would rip his flesh apart. They would do it on the back of their thigh, of their back and their thighs. Their entire body exposed on a post like this. And they would whip them 39 times. A lot of people died during the flogging. Why? Because of you. Because you were bought at a price. That's the price God was willing to pay. And then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and they gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and they put a scarlet robe on him and they twisted together a crown of thorns and they set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand and they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Imagine this, this is God. Hail, king of the Jews, they said. They spit on him. And then they took the staff and they hit him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they tore the robe off his bloody body, ripping open all the sores that had just started to maybe congeal and clog up just a little bit, ripping it off. And they put his own clothes on him and then they led him away to be crucified. They put a hundred pound beam on his back and they forced him to go through these thin city streets as people were on both sides mocking him spitting on him yelling him yelling at him tripping him just just embarrassing him he was so weakened that he had to have someone help him with the cross you were bought at a price they got him outside the city because they would never crucify someone in the city it's too nasty they took him outside the city they lay him down and they force roman nails through his wrists and through his feet You were bought at a price. They raised him up on a cross between two criminals and they hurled more insults at him. Why doesn't he save himself? Why doesn't he bring himself off the cross? He says he's God. What's he doing? He healed other people. Why can't he help himself? 
And he says, nothing. You were bought at a price. And in order to breathe on the cross, the people would have to push themselves up on the nail-pierced feet to allow themselves to get a breath, like coming above water. And then they'd let themselves back down and then they would suffocate. And this is what happened for hours. They would eventually die because they could not get enough oxygen into their body and they would get too weak to push up on those nail-pierced feet and they would just give up and suffocate to death. You were bought at a price. He hung there for hours for you and for me. This isn't a guilt thing. This is a value thing. This is how much value you have. Again, God could have done it how he wanted to do it, but this is how he chose to do it. He didn't pay with silver and gold. He paid with his blood. You were bought at a price. They took the body down. They threw it. They threw it. I'm sorry. They threw it in a, in a cave. They rolled a tomb or a, a stone over the tomb. You were bought at a price and everybody gave up. The followers went home sad. Everybody else got their blood. They were happy because he was gone. Another issue dealt with. You were bought at a price. See, here's the thing about value. Our value and our identity don't come from the world. They come from the cross. So listen to me, hear this. Whether you are a Jesus follower or not, I want you to hear this. Listen, you aren't what people say you are. You were bought at a price. You aren't what the world says you are. You were bought at a price. You aren't worthy based on your looks and your clothes. You were bought at a price. You aren't worthy based on your talent or how good you are at sports. You were bought at a price. You aren't worthy based on your popularity. You were bought at a price. Your identity isn't in your friend group. You were bought at a price. You aren't uh, identified by the sport you play or the thing that you do or what you are good at. You were bought at a price. You aren't identified by your race. You were bought at a price. You aren't identified by your age. You were bought at a price. You aren't identified by your gender. You were bought at a price. You aren't identified by your sexual orientation. You were bought at a price. You were not identified. You are not valued by what you have done or what you will do. You were bought at a price. See, we could say all those other things about how God created us and stuff, and that's all true, and it matters. But listen, it can get no more real than Jesus dying on a cross. Because if he didn't care, he wouldn't have done it. Because what do we pay money for? Things that are valuable. What do we pay a lot of money for? Things that are very valuable. And he gave up that which was most precious to God. Because that's how valuable we are. Are. And so we should not go through life trying to make people like us. We shouldn't go through life saying, I just need more followers. I just need more likes. Girls, your, your value and your identity is not how good you look in a bikini. Guys, it's not based on how good you are with girls or good you are at sports. It, it's not based on that. It's based on what Jesus did for you. I wanna close with the first verse of, uh, of the This Is Me song. Because once again, man, it, it may just be a movie, but listen, listen to the truth in these lyrics. I'm not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say. That's what the world tells us, hide away. Because we don't want your broken parts. 
I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say. No one will love you as you are, except Jesus. Jesus will love you as you are. He loved you as you were. But I won't let them break me down to dust. I know that there's a place for us, for we are glorious. That's actually in Scripture. We are glorious, not because we're good, not because we are so great, not because we are God, but because God loves us and gave his son for us. He makes us righteous. He makes us glorious because of his sacrifice. If you don't believe that any of this happened, I can understand that. But if you believe that this man did this for you, I don't know how we can say no to him. I don't know how we can just walk away from that kind of love and value. And if you're, if you're a Jesus follower in this room, I, want you to, I just want you to get those words through your skull, through your spirit. I was bought at a price. Someone makes fun of you, I was bought at a price. You don't have to say it to him, although you can. That'll freak him out. Man, you're a loser. I was bought at a price. You're like, all right, dude, I'm, I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> Chill. But listen, like, this is a truth you can speak to yourself. I was bought at a price. 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 You look at the scale. I was bought at a price. You look at, look at your grades. I was bought at a price. You look at your family and the way, what they say about you. I was bought at a price. Let's not go through life thinking we aren't valuable. And it doesn't get more real than what Jesus did for us. If you're in this room and you're not a, a Jesus follower, you don't believe, you haven't ever decided to follow Jesus, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that. Maybe you've never really thought about what he did for you. Maybe you've never really thought about the value he placed on your life. And so that, if that's you, I wanna give you the opportunity to pray to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the Bible says, if you believe it in your heart and you confess it with your mouth, you will be saved. So let's bow our heads. And if you wanna give your life over to Christ, if you wanna confess your sins, if you want to turn your life over to him. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I want you to remember the time you said yes to Jesus. One, God loves you. Two, you were bought at a price. Three, raise your hand if that's you. Raise your hand if that's you. Pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I'm yours. I know I've messed up. I know I'm not perfect but I was bought at a price. That price was your life. I believe you died and you rose again. I believe you are who you say you are, that you're the son of God. And I wanna follow you. I wanna surrender to you. I want you to be my Lord. In your name we pray.